Somebody let Carrie in charge and she's over there just pushing buttons. I, then I don't even know what they go to. I'm just like, let's hope it works. I'm not sure. Um, hi, welcome to History of a Haunting. Nobody. Hmm? Hi. Nobody what? Hi, Carrie. Hi. I'm like, don't give her the nuclear codes. <laughs> she's out of control. Eh, 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 eh. Nope, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, not good. Yeah. So, um, hello. Welcome to your Monday morning snack size episode yay um yes we do love these and today or this week is laura's week we forgot to put one out last week um and that's my bad our bad happens we try to do them every week sometimes it just doesn't yeah work out sometimes it doesn't work out this week this week we are week. we are here for you guys. So let's get your Monday morning started off right. Laura, what are you telling us about this week? Well, I am going to tell you about the Stonewall riots. Oh, okay. Sparked the gay rights movement. Um, I actually wrote this before the decision came out um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Um, but couldn't be more poignant. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> a little pride. on brand. And it's also, it's also Pride Month. Yes. So um, I know there, we do the weird and the wild and the, this is an interesting story. I realize that a lot of people don't know it. Um, there is a lot of, there's a lot to the story. I'm obviously going to give the Reader's Digest version. Um, and there's a lot of... <laughs> Should we all go um, to the bathroom and listen to this? <laughs> I mean, if that's what you need to do. All right, I'll um, be right back. <laughs> everybody's grandma had the Reader's Digest in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's also a lot of unsure, like, exactly the exact events. So there's some, you know, we're kind of filling in what we can with the information that we have. Because, you know, there were a lot of people there. Cool. Okay. Back in the 60s. So, all right. Wild time. So, super wild time. Super wild time. So, mm -hmm. so back in basically any time from (laughs) the later nine, the dawn of man to today, the dawn of man. (laughs) Right. Um, In the U.S., uh, being gay was illegal, Um, and it was actually a crime in most states, um, except for Illinois. Um, and it could even result in life in prison just for being gay. So different states had varying degrees of punishment. In California, for example, um, men found to have had sex with other men were given electrical and pharmacological shock therapy, castrated and lobotomized. All of those or one of them or a combination? Whatever worked, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they could be, they would... (laughs) 
it was in the um california DSM really? manual <laughs> yeah and the dsm manual right like everybody's gay all of hollywood is gay <laughs> <laughs> I have anyway for you california yeah listen <laughs> the call is coming from inside the house it is yes <laughs> uh, okay sorry all right So by 1961, anti-gay laws in the U.S. were harsher on homosexuals than those in Cuba, Russia, or East Germany. Fuck me. Um, Holy shit. Right. And those were all objects of American criticism for how they treated their people. Right. Of course. Okay. So um, being gender nonconforming in New York City was actually illegal, too, at this time. So what they had done is they pulled out um, an old um, anti-labor regulation um, that allowed police to arrest people who wore fewer than three articles of clothing appropriate to their sex. Oh so that was often a pretense to lock up, you know, men, women, and gender nonconforming people. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, you got they, they would just make basically <laughs> almost makeup laws. I mean, kind so, of, yeah. Um, like, don't so, wear suspenders and no gallus because that's illegal right. kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, um, bars pretty much anywhere and especially, you know, in New York weren't, um, really allowed to serve LGBT patrons, um, at the risk of getting shut down. Sure. Um, gay people were considered lewd and desolute. So their very presence, um, could basically make any bar, um, considered disorderly just by being in there drinking, not doing anything. Um, and therefore like a target of the police and the liquor board and, so some of my best friends are lewd and dissolute i mean i prefer those people over any others (laughs) they're the they're the best (laughs) (laughs) why would you want to go to a bar where people are not lewd i mean manners is so passe right for real (laughs) so luckily we have the mafia um who came in to exploit the lgbt patrons um and they paid off the police uh for the privilege to do so uh, in 1966, one Tony Loria, a young mafioso nicknamed Fat Tony, of course, I mean, seriously, right. um, bought the Stonewall specifically for that purpose. So um, okay. he turned it into a gay bar um, and he paid the police about $1,200 a month to let him keep it open. Wow. Um, yeah. Today, that's about $9,500 a month. I was just going to ask, did you find out what it is today? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was $2,019. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Still. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right, the 12, Stonewall Inn. Gotcha. Yeah. So the Stonewall Inn was far from swanky. There was no running water at the main bar and therefore no way to clean the glasses. Ew. So there were sinks filled with, yeah, gross, sinks filled with standing water in the back that served as dumping grounds for used glasses. And when they needed new glasses, they fished them out of the tubs, dried them, and reused them. They diluted the drinks, and the building had no fire exits. I mean, this is an advertisement for canned and bottled beer. Right? <laughs> <I'm> all, no. <laughs> so police raids on um, gay bars were common and generally low-key and anticipated. So, um, Okay. There And there had even been a, a raid at the Stonewall a few weeks prior to June 28th when the Stonewall riots started. Um, however, in an attempt to win political favor at the time with crime-busting candidates... Um, there was a police officer named Seymour Pine. I swear I'm not making these names up. I'm not. 
These are it's Pat Tony and Seymour Fine so far. Okay. And his offers officers, they normally would tell the gay bars that they were coming. And what would happen is they'd like a light would shine in the in the bar. They would usually hit it early before it was really going off and people were, you know, not sure and whatever. And they'd put, you know, take people outside, arrest them, send them home, whatever. Like sure. you know, they'd take like money from the cash register, they'd take alcohol whatever but the the owners knew was coming and you know the patrons knew not to freak out it wasn't a big deal so it was made Um, to look like they were the territory the police were doing their job but really it was just sort of for Mm -hmm. show okay they were just harassing the case basically so seymour pine and his officers um sounds like an episode of the simpsons I know, seriously, it's like, um, <laughs> didn't alert Stonewall on June 28th, um, this is in 1969, by the way, of their impending arrival. Um, so, <laughs> like I said, the officers usually would just come in, threaten people, beat them up. Um, they would line up, you know, the patrons would line them on the street, get arrested. Casual. Um, yeah, super cash, no problem. No big I mean, deal. Everybody that I was mean, going to these bars was used to being harassed, right? You know, people would run normal stuff, right? You feel like getting beaten up tonight? Yeah, I do too. Come on, let's go to the Stonewall. It's going to be soups fun. Um, so <laughs> the difference the night that the Stonewall riot started is that people normally they would run away. Mm-hmm. They didn't run. They just went outside and waited because the police didn't come in. Um, until later in the evening. So people have been drinking, the bar was full. Um, mm. And usually people, like I said, they would they would scatter to every corner of the neighborhood, um, just glad that they hadn't been arrested or that their identity hadn't been compromised. Sure. Um, it's hard to pinpoint exactly why people stayed. Um, a rebellion to authority was brewing and the marginalized grew increasingly aware that change comes from the margin, not from the center. So no one really knows who exactly started the riot. Okay. Um, so a collective argument credits um, just faceless multitudes of people inadvertently acting together throughout the night and allowing each other to like build up, you know, that mob mentality, that energy, right? Yeah, um, that did that turned into it. So um, the one thing that is clear is that there were gay homeless youth. Um, Trend and transgender men and a lesbian, the lesbian. They called the lesbian who fought the police. Just one lesbian. Um, just one lesbian. So okay. <laughs> so after everybody is kicked out, right? So the police come in. They're it's not like a normal raid. They they throw everybody out, but people are pissed and they don't run away. So this is different. Um, mm. All of a sudden, a bunch of homeless gay youth that are in the area. Yeah. They come over, and they start um, they start throwing pennies, and they th- start throwing pennies at the police outside the stone wall. Oh God! Yeah. So one account of how this how it actually kicked off was that there was a woman dressed in men's clothing that the police brutalized, basically beat up, um, and who won the sympathy sympathy of all the people waiting outside. Um, was this the lesbian? So, yeah, the lesbian. The lesbian. So, okay. The lesbian. So, from Stonewall participant Jim Forat, um, he said that the police were taking patrons on the bar, 
the dyke quote the dyke had to be more butch than the queens so when the police moved her into the wagon she got out the other side and started to rock it um a waiter at the stone wall at the time remembers it differently that the woman complained that her handcuffs were too tight and a policeman slapped her in the head with his nightstick so whatever it was exactly that started um mm. as soon as that happened and the chick you know fought back that was the catalyst that was a big catalyst. So then the homeless kids got a bunch of pennies and started throwing coins at the police. Um, and then they started nickels were the next thing to be thrown like oh, quarters. Oh my God. Yeah. So, and then a glass bottle was lobbed and Uh-oh. then another one Uh-oh. and another one. Yeah. And the mob is just getting bigger and bigger because people are coming from all around. So um, this is an area that was known to have, you know, obviously a large gay population in the area. So sure. this is where everybody went out. Um, you know, it's a weekend night. It's happening. So some people started pouring lighter fluid into and onto the bottles and attempting to light them. Oh, shit. Um, and yeah, another Stonewall eyewitness, Bob Kohler, said he saw a bottle go sailing through the air and land in the Stonewall Inn, followed by a small trail of smoke emerging from the club. Uh-oh. So there's no... Like I said, no cohesive account of person throwing the, com- you know, the commencement brick towards a cop. Um, it was said that Marsha P. Johnson, who is a famous um, transgender and gay rights ag- advocate, um, is sometimes said that she did it. Um, and she may have been one of the first to resist police, but there's nothing concrete that says that she was the she one, was that, the one. That threw the first brick. Right. Um, so... We have for the pennies being thrown, bottles being thrown, but basically a general assault began against the stone wall in itself because the police ran back into the gay bar and barricaded themselves inside it because they were <laughs> scared of all the people who were getting pissed outside and started throwing stuff mm, at them. I mean. So the crowd started using anything and everything it could. Garbage, garbage cans, pieces of glass, fire, bricks, cobblestones and they even improvised a battering ram to try to get back into the bar oh my god the lesbian who set the crowd of fire with her physical courage was from all available evidence non-gender conforming and very possibly transgender um importantly like a common theme links those who resisted first and fought the hardest um and that is gender transgression so there were <laughs> sure there were drag queens um spread throughout but it was again the gay street youths who linked their arms around one another and kicked rockette style singing their old reprise with a topical word replaced we are the stonewall girls we wear our hair in curls we wear no underwear we show our pubic hairs (laughs) so you can see how crazy this is getting so you know you have a big crowd out in the middle of the street they're throwing stuff the cops run back inside they're trying to bust back in you have um you know, people linking arms, singing this song over and over again. <laughs> Just mayhem. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Just crazy. So, right. So that um, a lot of people say was the, you know, the the jump start for the gay rights movement. Cool. Um, but there was a gay rights movement before this. It just seems like that was its coming of age. So the Stonewall riots spanned six days, um, beginning around 1 a.m., like I said, the morning of Saturday. Six days? So it continued. um, Because once people started fighting back, 
Um, and they had to get like the SWAT to come rescue those cops, by the way. <laughs> People didn't stop fighting back. Yeah. So good. The whole, it was just like the whole village was just aflame with yeah. pissed off people who weren't taking shit from the cops anymore. Yeah. So over the whole six days, though, the police only made 21 arrests. So it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, so Stonewall was a pivotal point. Um, the demonstrations preceding it for gay rights often were like just about 12 people, you know, all buttoned up and sure. pursed lips, not, you know, trying to seem very normal. Right. Right. Um, but in the first Pride March the next year, 1970, which was actually um, a commemoration of the Stonewall riots, thousands of people showed up and they were all dressed different. Right. So you had the, the kind of straight looking people, sure. you know, the buttoned up people um, to the queens, to everybody. Everybody yeah. came. And they, right. So now you have a community coming together and being yeah. like, you know, Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So the energy of Stonewall allowed the movement to go places it hadn't been able to go before. Mm. Um, and it wouldn't have been able to go anywhere without the two decades that preceded it of political and grassroots organizations. Um, but everybody threw the first brick, even and especially if it didn't really happen, if there wasn't like just one first brick thrown. Right. Um for people to organize politically based on their oppression due to their sexual orientation or gender identity was almost unprecedented. Roxanne Gay wrote, those who did risk their livelihoods, families, safety, and freedom. Yeah. So in 2016, President Barack Obama designated Greenwich Village's Christopher Park, um, an LGBT favorite park across the street from Stonewall, the first ever LGBT national monument dedicated to the Stonewall riots. That's so cool. Is the Stonewall still like open and operating or what happened to it? So yes, now it's super swanky. So they, it's still called the Stonewall Inn. They have running water and bathrooms and everything. Now. Thank God. It's very fancy. Oh, good. But yeah, it's a big, like, it's a, obviously a, a monument to, right. um, how far we've come and a lot of people it, it still functions as a gay bar so a lot of people go there just to go um and it also is a place to you know go check out and see and historical there. place um, yeah yeah you know go check it out yeah. so uh let me give you my sources because i forgot so it's oh yeah dailybeast.com um sorry <laughs> they were at the top of the page <laughs> <laughs> right you're not wrong I we could hear you scrolling your little mouth. I know, that's why I'm laughing because I'm like <laughs> laughing at myself because I'm stupid. <laughs> um, oh, and the advocate. Thank you. Yay. That's it? All that scrolling for two sources. <laughs> okay, great. Yes. Great. So um do Fat Tony and Seymour Butts still own it or Seymour <laughs> Butts? Seymour Pines. I know. So he actually came out later. Not came out, but he. Oh, said, I was like, oh, he's no, gay. No, no, no. Seymour Pines. No, no, no. Okay. He came. He came out and said that yes, the police force was you know super um, anti-gay, and he apologized for the way that um, the cops were because they would just beat people. I mean, even when I was first going to gay bars, 
back in the 90s um cops would harass us yeah um people i have had thrown bottles thrown at me um just for walking <laughs> like you know cops would pull us over harass us whatever like anything yeah just sit outside the clubs and wait for anything to happen they were just waiting so they'd harass people before you even got in so i mean that stuff was still happening i'm sure it still does in a lot of places. oh i'm sure it does it. Yeah. like it used to you know what like it used sure to yeah I younger, but i live in a big city now too so or well and i did then but uh you know it's still yeah. happening people are still getting harassed but Again, when we all decide to come together and stand up, things change. Things do. Yes, they do. Great story. Oh, yeah. I love it. Great job. Yeah. And you're, you're right. I it's love- not weird, but it is very topical. It's perfect for Pride Month. I love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. plus, I think if you, <laughs> I think, I, I imagine being there would have been wild and weird. <laughs> I, I, yes. I was like, because another question was, now, did they kick and dance like the Rockettes singing that song for the full six days? Or did new no, people come in? No, it definitely happened more than once. And I love right? that they just started making change and ch- chucking it at the cops. Right. And, you know. Because you know that shit hurts. Being pelted yeah. with coins they weren't in riot gear or anything they didn't ever had to be before nobody ever fought back yeah so yeah. you know that is insane all of a sudden they had to think twice yeah before they started busting up people in their change proof yeah. vests right <laughs> someone brings out yeah, a coin yeah. purse and they're like fuck <laughs> get a card (laughs) who takes change anymore there's a shortage don't you remember um that's funny now we know where it all went (laughs) now we know where it all went yes um all right great job love it thank you uh yeah i come up next week and um yeah laura's really knocking the stories out of the park with her uplifting and and hopeful stories and then i come around behind her and i'm like well that's enough of that happiness (laughs) i've got some bullshit to tell you actually mine's uh, my story is actually more on the weird side than the well well you'll just see next week (laughs) yeah my next one's a weird hit like thing that happened in history that's is it strange okay so we'll get off the happiness we'll stop all that yeah i mean you know for the july yeah june pride month's coming to an end juneteenth where you know all of the uplifting happy uh stories are yeah are done we're back we're back to the the dark handmaid's tale times horror yeah we are yeah (laughs) the horror and the terror and the yeah Mm -hmm. That's that's mm-hmm. it. Um, do you want to mention, guys? Because I'm not going to stop mentioning it until we actually go there. But History of a Haunting will be at SpiritCon in St. Augustine, Florida next May um, with Karen Tatro, Dustin Perry, and Andrea Perrin. We are going to be doing the um, paranormal investigation with them um, of the St. Augustine Lighthouse. That is on Saturday night. They're also going to be investigating the Jimenez Facio House on Friday night. Um, and then plus all of the amazing fun of the convention themselves. So come on out and see us. Um, maybe come out and 
investigate the St. Augustine Lighthouse with us, Karen, Dustin, and Andrea. And um, that is all I have. Uh, hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. We have a brand new episode, um, regular episode dropping on Saturday. And that's all I got. Laura, what do you got? That's it. You guys have a great week. Fight the man. Fight the man. And as always, and more important than ever, guys, stay safe out there because you never know who or what is taking away your rights and <laughs> listening to you. Listening. Or not listening to you. Not listening. <laughs> yeah, because you never know who or what is not listening to you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.